Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Uh, beer van is coming up next month, uh, but it's too expensive for some people to have their beer there. Not to drink it, for the actual people who make the beer. Uh, we've, have we got still got a lot of gender bias in sport and the way we watch it? Uh, students and failing, can they cope? And uh, feet talks, it'd be with Marcus. But before any of that, uh, let's, uh, let's kick it off with Dry July. The choice to stay sober is these days more likely to be considered a valid option compared to 10 years ago. This survey comes out just in time for Dry July. Of course, the month we're encouraged to stop drinking for four weeks to raise money for charity. So can Dry July work? Well, not really, the experts say. They liken it to a diet. Good while you're on it, but really, unless it's a long-term lifestyle choice, you're not going to notice much difference. Some say a month isn't long enough to reap the benefits, or it can have the reverse effect of making you feel like you're punishing yourself so that at the end of July, you go nuts and drink to excess just to make up for it. One nutritionist suggested a better approach would be adding alcohol-free days to your week on a regular basis, rather than trying to take one whole month off a year. The health impacts from one month off the booze may be minimal, but the financial benefits are usually large. The first thing I noticed was our restaurant bills got cheaper. The reasons we drink are still the same. It's a social lubricant, it's celebratory, but also it's a stress release. 64% of survey participants said they drink to relax, and that number's higher than it was 10 years ago. A decade ago, 51% of us drank to relax. So modern-day stress is certainly a large factor. I don't judge anyone for drinking or not drinking. It doesn't bother me in the slightest because it is your personal choice. But likewise, it'd be good if that approach went both ways. Maybe the challenge this month should be when the person you're out with orders a Coke instead of a beer, try not to roll your eyes. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't care about Dry July or anything like that, but um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting old, and please don't be too shocked when I say this, but I've um, been trying not drinking so much recently, uh, just because the old getting out of bed was an issue. And um, it is very hard when in certain situations when everybody else is drinking and you just go, mm, yeah, I'm just going to have a water. It feels very strange. There might be something in that. Probably not. Uh, let's just go to Beervana instead, except will there any, be any beer there? Why aren't you going to Beervana? Uh, for us, well, we're we're quite a small brewery, and of course, being in Fakatani, we are quite a distance from Wellington too. But it is the cost of exhibiting. Um, we have done on and off over um, since since Beervana's um, creation, I guess, so many years ago. But um, we don't make any money, and we're lucky to actually um, not make a loss. So. What despite um, despite a crowd of what sixteen thousand people, you you can't yeah. turn a profit there. No, um, well the the organisers take nearly half of your sales, and on top of that, there's also an exhibitors fee. So to make a a profit, by the time you you know you get yourself down there, staff wages and accommodation plus your exhibitors fees and then also then taking from your sales it's um, very difficult to make anything at all. Half your beer sales Um, does seem like a lot Tammy, is that higher than it's been in past years? Ours have, yeah, well the beer uh, obviously the volume of um, craft beer has has been on the rise for quite a few years now 
um, it will be- start to become a bit of a challenging space because the number of breweries is also significantly mm. on the rise. But beer is becoming a lot more localised now, so um, we ourselves have noticed um, quite a significant increase in the sales of our beer in our own area in the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Well, so people like to drink local, do they? They do. I, I've got a Deep Creek brewery just around the corner from my house. Doesn't get much more local than that. Very, very dangerous for somebody who's trying not to drink so much. Oh, but it's so awesome. Hey, um, uh, th- why does it matter which sex you are when you're playing sport? Uh, doesn't matter as much as it used to. Here's Scotty Stevenson. He turned out for Kerry McIver yesterday. Didn't turn out for the Mike Ruskin breakfast on Monday. Cheeky bugger. There's all kinds of unfairness when it comes to male and female sport. In the case of the men, I guess, the men netballers, we saw that they very seldom get the kind of coverage our silver ferns do. And this was a welcome fillip to the game probably and you know would have seen interest from young men perhaps who might be interested in netball. What does it come down to? Is it simply the the ratings are all, or is it the advertisers? What does it come down to? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure when it comes to men's netball. I, I think, first and foremost, netball has been a women's sport in this country and around the world, and the federation is netball is a women's game. Um, now, there's a group of men in this country who love the game. In fact, a lot of men play social netball as yeah. well in corporate leagues around the country. Um, these men take their netball very seriously. They are the New Zealand national men's side. They have been used before, often, in fact, as training partners for the Silver Ferns, and someone, and I congratulate them for it, uh, had the idea that maybe it was time that these games were televised and, and these guys got some coverage. They uh, they worked really hard at their craft, they worked really hard at their game, and uh, and they certainly gave the Silver Ferns a run for their money, uh, and more, in fact. And I, I just thought it was a wonderful occasion and a great example of uh, some guys getting out there and trying and, uh, and and doing their best without without a lot of coverage, without a lot of funding, and, and showing people what they could do. And, and having that platform was wonderful for our, our men's netball team. Um, not so wonderful for the women's netball team who got thrashed by them. It's a weird situation, that. Weird situation. Um, should the men just be our representative of netball team now? How do we make that happen? Um, anyway, uh, why, or should, why can't they just have mixed teams? If it really doesn't matter. So many questions. Like, why has Canterbury University uh, set up a um, help with failure department? So, Mitch, can I ask you this straight from the get-go? Have you felt pressure from your parents? You're at broadcasting school. Did you feel pressure to succeed in life academically? Um, personally, I, I think mum and dad have sort of brought me up quite well. You know, like I've they've sort of left that down to me and they've obviously offered guidance and stuff um, but a lot of you know what I've done and what I've wanted to do has come from me and they've been there to support me but I feel like I've got a lot of friends that probably aren't quite as fortunate and aren't in that same sort of situation mm. Mitch do you think for yourself and for the friends you're talking about is it really difficult for you to deal with failure do you think um, I, I think I, I, like, well, I've been listening to this the whole time and Phil you brought up the point before um, just that you feel like it's sort of a lot of the techniques and stuff are now being forced upon students and I have to agree with you on that one Is I, I think that uh, our generation now knows that the, our resources are there um, however the fact that they're getting sort of forced upon us is making people uh, almost doubt themselves in a way and they're yeah, obviously, we're like we're stressed as students and stuff, but I feel like because the resources are there and then they're getting so flooded on us, I think 
um, people our ages that are resorting straight to that and rather than uh, having their own sort of mechanisms to cope in their own way, if that makes any sense. It does make yes, sense. it does. I mean, Mitch, from the sound of it, what you're basically telling us is that it's a very fine line, which is the thing that I thought as a grandfather, and now you're a young person enmeshed completely in it, very fine line between offering help and making people feel sort of over-worried over and over-sensitive? Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Eh? I feel bad for my kids because I don't think I put any pressure on them at all in terms of uh, tertiary education, given that I didn't go and, to be honest, thought it was stupid. Uh, for me, I mean, obviously it's good for some people, but given my interests and skill base... If you, I'm using the air quotes as I say that. Uh, not for me. I, um, uh, and I don't know if Marcus went, uh, because I'm not quite sure what qualifies him to talk about feet, but you got to love it. The lady ahead of me just got in. She said that she thinks the... Um, Veruca is part of the wart family. It is, and it actually eats up into your foot. And if it doesn't, it'll just go right up through your foot if you don't get it dealt with. So they're pretty horrific things. Pain? Um, yes, they can be painful. And, I, I mean, today we've got jandals and the plastic shoes and everything, and that's what you should be wearing if you're going into public areas, um, hospitals with sharing, um, you know, the showers in hospitals or anything, any area like that, your swimming pools, when you're walking around your pools, you should be wearing your jandals. Or your Crocs. Yeah, your Crocs, yep. Yep. I've never had a pair of jets. I've never done that. Mind you, I'm not one to hang around the baths, although I spent a bit of time at Hamner, but yeah, I've, I, yeah, I haven't suffered from things with my feet. No, well, I haven't a lot either, but I did as a child, but um, I, you know, I don't really, I wear my Crocs or my you jandals. Got, you got Crocs? Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, tell you what, Marie, the kids love croc. They're great for children. Yes, they are. I've got a pair of clogs as well. Oh, that I lo- like, like the real proper clogs that are yes, all wood? Yes, they are real proper clogs from Holland. And but the I whole, wear... but even, even over the tops, not just wood and fabric, but the whole thing is wood. And the whole thing is wood. And I wow. wear them in the garden. I love them. Because you don't, they, they aren't cold, so you don't get chillblains with them. So there you go, Marie. Spends a lot of time thinking about her feet. Um, that went on for a lot longer too. I guess we got more feet details there. I don't know what's more disturbing. Crocs, barucas, warts. Sorry about that. Often, often finish this podcast apologising to you. Probably be the same tomorrow when I see you for another News Talk ZB. I'm Glenn ZB. Sorry in advance.